I'll tell you what, after that intro from Pastor Trav and Pastor Vance, the only thing going through my mind is just don't blow it, all right? <laughs> just don't blow it. Um, well, I just do want to bring a, a greeting from our Walk Church family. We're so glad to be a part of your services this morning. And from my wife, Nina, who gave birth yesterday like a champ, um, we bring a greeting uh, to you guys all, and it is our honor and our joy to be with you this morning. One of the things we say at Walk all the time is the church isn't like family, the church is family. And we consider, Walk, we consider Hope Church to be family, amen? Well, four years ago, I had this really cool opportunity to, to be on the team here at Hope Church as a church planter apprentice. And I remember this moment during that season of life where my mom, and my mom's one of those people that she might just be out shopping and see something for you that catches your eye, and she'll just show up and say, hey, I got this for you. And she called me and said, hey, I, I was shopping. I found something that I felt like had your name on it. And I said, all right, mom, you can come by and show me what you got. And she shows up and pulls out this bag, and she pulls out of this bag this fresh white vest. <laughs> and I said, I said, Here, here's, here's what I'll say, mom. If Pastor Vance ever asks me to preach at Hope, I'll wear that vest, all right? <laughs> If anything, you can say I'm a man of my word, amen? Amen. I invite you to pull your Bibles out this morning as we look at just a couple of passages of the scripture to close off 2017 strong. I invite you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look at two verses, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. How many of you guys know that husbands should make their wives coffee? Because the Bible says that Hebrews. Come on. You can laugh a little bit in church. It's all right. You can speak back a little bit if you want. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, reading from the ESV translation this morning. The author of the book of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God for this moment for us right now, writes to us today and says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, everybody say for the joy. Come on, one more time better than that. For the joy. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Would you pray with me one more time? Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, and right now we submit to you, God, and ask you to meet with us. Lord, we're not asking you to show up. We believe you're already here. We just want to acknowledge you in this moment. Through the preaching and teaching of your word, would you open our hearts and draw us near, glorify your Son. change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. My goal this morning is to bring a brief exposition to these two powerful packed verses of scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. And if I were to title my address this morning, I would title it simply this, Run, Church, Run. Similar to the awesome movie Forrest Gump, if you've never seen it, that's one of your assignments as you leave today. Um, you see this dialogue between Forrest and Jenny, and these bullies come, and Forrest starts running, and Jenny says, run, Forrest, run, right? I believe that God may be looking down at the church this morning and saying, church, you have a calling on your life to run the race that I've called you to run. Run, church, run. 
In Hebrews chapter 12, the author of the book starts out by saying these words to us right here. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I wanna give you my best Pastor Vance impersonation this morning. The word therefore is there for a reason. Maybe you've heard him say that before, but it really is there for a reason. And here's what the, the reason is. The entire book of Hebrews is leading up to this powerful point right here. That the author is trying to get our attention here and he's saying everything that I've wrote up to this point, from chapters one all the way to 11, I want you now to lean in right here when I say therefore. It's because of all that that I wanna say something to you. Isn't it neat that God would call us to draw in and, and tell us a bold message? That's the therefore that's going on right here. He's saying, therefore, listen up. Do not miss it. And here's what he continues to say. He says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. He says, when you are running this race that you're called to run, when you look to the left and to the right, there's a cloud of witnesses around you that makes a difference in your thinking, that makes a difference in your attitude, and that should make a difference in your race. I remember a couple years back, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. He's a basketball player here in the city, and, and I'm a basketball player myself. The game still means a lot to me. And I remember getting this call, and here's what the guy said. He said, hey, man, I heard about this invite-only tryout that if you show up at the Thomas and Mack Center at this specific time, you can try out to play a game that would one day be coached by either Kobe or LeBron. And for me, that's speaking my language, all right? So I was like, all right, I'm gonna be there, and I showed up, and we're all doing this tryout. There's just a handful of people in the gym, but all of a sudden, I heard this commotion at the front door, and everybody started looking around like, what's going on over there? And suddenly, Kobe and LeBron walked into the gym. Now you should have seen how everybody's intensity turned up a notch. Like everybody who was once kind of playing casual all of a sudden was going harder than ever. Why did that happen? I think because we value who's in the audience. It's important who's in the room. It changes when certain people are watching. I know for me personally, a couple years ago when we launched Walk Church and we were meeting in the, the theater at the middle school. We, praise God, grew, outgrew the, the theater and are now in the cafeteria. But I remember at that moment we were in the theater. Little plug right there, right? Um, and, and, and I was just greeting people and shaking hands and, hey, welcome to Walk Church. I'm so glad that you're here. And I gave a handshake and looked up and, and there was Pastor Vance and Christy right there in front of me. And I, I thought for a moment, oh man, I hope my, my message is okay. <laughs> I hope the songs that we're doing are on point. Hey, pick up that sign. Hey, let's, let's, let's fix this up real quick, you know, Be, because we value who's there, right? It, it matters who's in the room. And I just want to encourage you that, that you matter today, that it's important to us that you're here and we value you being with us. And the author of the book of Hebrews says that there is actually an audience in the room when it comes to the race that God has called you to run. He says, since you're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, I wanna pull an image up on the screen to maybe give you a, a picture of what this could potentially look like. Let's just say that you're in the race and this is you right here with the orange shirt on and you're running by and you're saying, hey, and giving a handshake and all of a sudden you give a handshake and that's Moses. Right, you give a handshake and that's Abraham. You give a handshake and you look over and you say, man, that's the Apostle Paul right there. Like, oh snap, that's Esther and Ruth and that's Jacob and, and Isaiah and that's Daniel who shut the mouths of lions and that's David who slayed the Goliath and, and right there, that's Peter, the apostle. And these are the people that are crowding in on you saying, 
Run, church, run. He's saying, since you're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, if you get a chance to read the, the chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews, I encourage you to do it. It's really the Sports Center top 10 highlights of the Bible right there. You'll learn about Abraham, who by faith heard a calling from God to go, and without asking where, went. You'll read about someone like Esther, who stood before the king and said, by faith, if I perish, so be it, I perish. You'll read about Daniel, who was in the den of fire and stood firm in his faith. You'll see about Daniel, who shut the mouths of lions. You'll, you'll read about Joseph, who was thrown into the pit by his brothers, yet remained faithful all those years. These weren't perfect men or women by any means, but here's what they have in common. They finished their race. They, they started out with faith in God, and they ran the race that God had called them to run. I love what the Apostle Paul writes to his young protege, church planter Timothy. He says it like this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight. Say that with me. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let me remind us here this morning at church on December 31st, 2017, that the New Testament knows nothing of a coasting Christianity. There is no such thing as just cruising through your faith. There is a calling on our lives to run the race. Too often what happens is people get saved by hearing the gospel, and then they get a nice comfortable seat, and they listen and watch other people run the race for the rest of their lives. That is not New Testament Christianity, and that is far from biblical. The Apostle Paul is telling us here, I have a race to run. I have a fight to fight, and I'm gonna run the race that God's called me to run, and I'm gonna fight the fight that God's called me to run, and I'm gonna keep the faith that God's called me to keep. And my encouragement to you today is this, are you running the race? Do you have your track shoes on? Do you have your mind focused and fixed on what God's called you to do? The first point of my message this morning is simply this, run forward. Run forward. The author of Hebrews says, hey, listen, all these people that went behind you and have finished their race, and now they give you the baton, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to bobble it? Are you going to give it back? Are you going to say, hey, this isn't for me, I'll give it to somebody else? Or are you gonna take it and put it in a nice, comfortable place next to you on your seat? There's a race that God has called us to run. John Piper, in his commentary on the book of Hebrews, says it like this. Hebrews 12, verse one, is a trumpet call or the warning gun that the last laps are starting. To see our life as a race to be run with passion and zeal and energy and discipline. Let me ask you this, church, this morning. Brothers, sisters, do these words define your life? Can you say, yeah, I'm running the race that God's called me to run with passion and zeal and energy and discipline? I know for me personally, these words don't always define me. There's some days where I'm passionless or there's some days where I'm lacking in energy. And I just wanna remind us this morning that we can press into Jesus Christ and he can give us the energy and strength and passion that we need to finish the race that God has called us to run. If you got all that, say amen. 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 Good, let me give you the second point of the text today. Not just to run forward, but to run free. To run free. He says, since we've been surrounded 
by such a great cloud of witnesses, and you can see them all pressing in against you. Here's what we're called to do. We're called to lay aside any weights that may slow us down. The author of Hebrews says it like this. He says, lay aside every weight in sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I love right here that he emphasizes lay aside every weight. Notice this, church. He doesn't just say sins, as if we're to just identify sins in our lives, throw them off so we can run the race that he's called us to run. He actually goes beyond that. He says throw off sin for sure and a whole bunch of other stuff too. What are the, what's the other stuff for you that I want to ask? I remember when I was speaking at a sports camp this past summer at UCLA, uh, there was a college athlete from UNLV that wanted to go to the, attend the camp, and she rode with Nina and I there. And I remember asking her, she was a UNLV track athlete, I said, tell me how important it is as a track athlete to make sure you're running the race as light as possible. And she said, it's absolutely crucial. It affects from your feet, your shoes, to your shorts, to your shirt. She said, I used to have longer hair. I cut my hair down because I didn't want anything to slow me down. I said, you know what? That sounds a lot like New Testament Christianity, that God would call us to say, you know what? What weights are on my life? What things in my life have slowed me down in 2017 that I need to throw off? What are some of the things that crept in, that cling so closely to me that aren't making a difference in a positive way in my life? What are the weights? What are the weights? A couple that's in our church that is an awesome couple recently got baptized, friends of ours, approached me. Um, the brother said, hey, Pastor Hyden, I have a question for you. I said, what you got, man? How can I pray for you? And he said, well, here's the situation. Is it sin for me to live with my girlfriend? And I said, listen, thank you for asking the question. I appreciate it, but you're asking the wrong question. Don't ask, is it sin? That's a real low question to ask. Ask, does it help me run? Ask, does it slow me down when I'm trying to run the race of purity, when I'm trying to run the race of integrity, when I'm trying to be a better man of God than I was last year, when I'm trying to be a better woman of God, a better, better son, a better husband, a better dad, a better friend, when I'm trying to run the race and I don't got time to look to the left or to the right, I'm running forward, I'm focused, I'm locked in, you gotta ask this question, does it help me run? And if it doesn't, throw that down, lay that aside, throw those weights off, one of the things we have at Walk Church that we say is if one person claps, we all clap, all right? So we're gonna help our sister out that clapped in the front. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Because I got weights I need to throw off. And it could be anything. I don't know what weights may be slowing you down going into the new year, but I encourage you, run free. Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Why has Jesus set you free? Here's why, so you can be free. It's for freedom that he calls us to be free and to run the race with absolute freedom. I remember speaking at a camp this past summer in Hawaii and I was speaking on this same topic and, and a, a, a brother came up to me afterwards and he said, hey, Pastor Hyden, I, I gotta tell you something, man. I've had this weight in my life for years and I'm getting ready, I'm thinking all these thoughts of what it could be. And then he surprised me, he said, you know what? I gotta throw this off me. For the past few years of my life, every morning I'd wake up and I'd spend the first six hours of my day playing video games. And he said, it's just been a weight for me. My spiritual life has decreased. My time with my family has been hindered because this weight has been on me that I need to let go of. Now maybe you'd say, hey, video games isn't my thing, but maybe you got something that you need to throw off. 
And video games aren't a sin, but if you make a good thing a God thing, that's when it becomes sin. Amen? And so it's our calling to, to, to survey our lives, to identify what is keeping me from running the race that God has called me to run. Could be music and what you listen to. It could be TV shows. Every once in a while I come across a person that says, every night I binge watch a whole season on Netflix. I'm like, how do you even do that? Right? But maybe, that, maybe that's you and it's become a weight. Maybe it's credit card debt and you say, you know what? In 2018 I need to get this weight off me. Be encouraged, church. Go do it. Run the race that God has called you to run. Maybe it's a sexual sin. Maybe it's drunkenness. Maybe it's social media. Socialmediatoday.com posted this right here. The amount of time people spend on social media is constantly increasing. Listen to this. Teens now spend up to nine hours a day on social platforms. Somebody say, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time right there, right? Social media is not a bad thing, but if it becomes a God thing, then maybe it's a weight. Maybe it's a weight. We also see in the Telegraph, a UK newspaper, the average person has five social media accounts and spends around an hour and 40 minutes browsing these networks every single day. Here's the point. Whatever weight it is that's slowing you down or distracting you from the things that God has called you to do, my encouragement to you today is to throw it off. And here's what you can't say. You can't get to heaven one day and say, well, hey, Jesus, no one ever, called, no one ever told me that I was supposed to run the race. And Jesus will tell you on that day, yes, you were actually at Hope Church on New Year's Eve. And my servant, Hyden Radner, told you to throw that weight off and run the race that God himself has called you to run. That's our calling, church. And here's how it's going to happen. By letting it go and running with endurance. As we look to the second part of verse 2, he says it like this. He doesn't just say, throw it off and run the race. But he says, run the race with endurance. With endurance. I wonder what the church would look like today if we had the endurance of an Abraham. If we had the endurance of a Ruth that says, hey, where you go, that's where I'm going to go. And what you do, that's what I'm going to do. And what you say, that's what I'm going to say. I wonder if we had the endurance of Elijah who, who went up in a cave and said, God, you have to provide for me, and God provided from the ravens. I wonder if we had the endurance of a Caleb who said, I've been keeping God's commands for 84 years, and today I get my promise. I wonder if you had the endurance of a Joshua when after Moses, his leader, finished, he grabbed the baton and said, we're not dropping anything. We're going to keep running the race that God's called us to run. I wonder if we had the endurance, right, of a Peter who fell down multiple times but got back up and preached the sermon in Acts 2. I wonder if we had the endurance of the lame man who got up and walked and jumped around the temple. I wonder if we had the endurance of a Stephen who went in the Sanhedrin and said, hey, listen up. I got a message to share with you. He preached the gospel and that same day lost his life. I wonder if we had the endurance of a Charles Spurgeon who preached the word and, had, and wrestled with depression and finished his race well. I wonder if we had the endurance of a Martin Luther who went to the English Catholic Church and nailed his thesis to the wall and changed history. I wonder if we had that type of endurance, church. The only way you're gonna have it, the only way you're gonna have it is if you get serious about the race that God's called you to run. Right? There's no time to play around. Your window's closing. 100% of the people in the room here will one day die. 
right? No atheist or anybody would argue with that. 100%. It's gonna happen. So why not run the race? Why not go for it this year? If God's given you a dream, why not take a step out and go for it in 2018? If God's put a book in your heart, why not try to write it this year? If God's called you to join a small group, why not actually join this year? If God's called you to lead a group, why not lead one this year? You know where my church planning journey started? Right here at Hope Church when a lady handed me an usher basket and said, can you help me usher today? Come on, why not go for it? You never know what God can do with your life, amen? I'm running the race. That's what you're doing. When you put your yes on the table and you say, yes, God, whatever you say, Lord, I'm ready. No looking back. I'm running forward and I'm running free. That's what God's called us to do. Look at the person next to you and say, there's a calling on your life. Tell them, preach it to them. It's a calling to run the race. It's the truth. Let me go ahead and lead into the third and final point of our message today. We talked about running forward with the witnesses. We talked about running free from weights and sin. Lastly, I wanna talk about running focused. Running focused. Running focused. The author of the text concludes here in verse two by saying this, looking to Jesus. I like the NASB translation better. It actually says fixing your eyes on Jesus. Don't just look at him. Don't just glance at him. But fix your eyes on him as you run this race. See, it's one thing to have the witnesses next to you and side by side. Right? You have Abel who says, bring a good offering to the Lord, finish your race. You have Abraham that says, doesn't matter where you go, just go in faith. You have all these people that are next to you on your left and right side cheering you on. But don't get distracted as if they were the goal. They're called to inspire. But when you look forward and straight ahead and you see what's ahead of you, everything changes. As you lock in on Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of your life, the author and perfecter, the one who founded your faith and who's still perfecting it. Come on, church, give me an amen if you know you're not done yet. Right? God's still working in my life. And he's still working in your life. And he's still working in our church's lives. We're not there yet, but praise God, we're looking to the one who founded it and is continuing to perfect it in our midst. He's perfecting us even in this moment. If you're feeling conviction from the Holy Spirit, just know that he's just perfecting you is all. He's just saying, I want you to be that much better in 2018 than you were last year. I want in December of 2018 for you to look back and say, you know what? I'm so much better then as I was then, right? I'm so much better now. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm taking steps I'm running the race. That's what the author's telling us, looking to Jesus. R. Kent Hughes, in his excellent commentary on the book of Hebrews, says, we must deliberately lift our eyes from other distracting things and focus with utter concentration on him. And continuing to do so, this is fundamental to a life of faith and finishing the race. This is fundamental to actually being the man or woman of God that he's called you to be. It's saying, all right, I'm not gonna look to the left or the right anymore. I'm gonna focus on Christ. When you're locked in, when you're focused, people around you are gonna feel that. People are gonna say, what's different about you? I'm just running the race. Can you come out with me tonight? I'm running the race. You wanna hit this? I'm running the race. You want to drink this? I'm running the race. I'm focused, man. And you'll start to see people might start to join you on the race. 
God's calling our church, our churches, to run the race. I saw this clip recently, and it was, it was a powerful illustration of what we're talking about here. I want you to watch it with me right now. The 600-meter underway, Heather Dornard in Minnesota finished second this match a year ago. She was in lane four. And Dornan is probably going to be your favorite. She actually won the NCAA championships in 2006 in the 800, but she only won one Big Ten championship in the two years. Three laps in this event, 600 meters, three times around the 200-meter track here at the Fieldhouse. What a bold move by Fallon. She's looking very confident, and the Penn State runner is just running amazing today. She did win her heat in the 400, but ended up taking fourth overall. That's Fawn Dorr moving into the lead, a sophomore from Penn State. Dornerden running second. Dornerden last year scored 23 points for the Golden Gophers in their Big Ten Championship, so they're really relying on getting a lot of points from her this weekend, and she's just coming by Fondor now in the home stretch, heading into the bell lap. Gordon falling down gets up quickly, but that's going to cost her. Lucky she wasn't injured. Her teammate just went to the front, though, so they may be able to recover from that. And Gordon is flying down the back stretch. She is catching up. She is going to catch Fondor, and she may catch the leader. Wow. She's got five. This is a gutsy effort by Gordon. <laughs> yeah, church. Y'all don't even know her. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but there's something motivational about that, right? There's something powerful about that. And maybe you need to watch that every morning you wake up, get inspired again. But here's why I show that to you. The reality is that you may trip and fall in 2018. You may put your yes on the table this morning at Hope Church and walk church family and say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, and, and the truth is, you'll fall at some point. You'll stumble. You'll, you'll, you'll trip up. But if you're really running the race and you're really fixed on Jesus, it's the song that we just sang, that he covers us by his grace. The author of Proverbs knows this well. In Proverbs 24, he says it like this. He says, the righteous falls seven times and rises again. I think the true test of the life of a Christian is, can you rise up again? Or are you gonna stay down? The same Jesus that spoke to Lazarus and said, come out, get up, rise up, resurrects us from the grave. And not just resurrects us, but gives us a calling to join him in the race. I wanna close by looking at the last portion of this text before we finish up today. The author says it like this, in Hebrews 12, verse 2, he says, look, look at the motivation here. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that three-word three phrase right there, for the joy. I picture Jesus running the race that God has called him to run, being born of a virgin, as we just celebrated on Christmas, into a manger, the Bethlehem, and growing up in Nazareth, a town that nobody had respect for, having a carpenter's man's man job, and living a very normal life, 
but a holy life, a sinless life, running the race that God called him to run. And then dying the death that God called him to die, where he was spit upon, where he was despised, where he was shamed, where the people that were quoting scripture that he wrote to him were spitting on him, putting a crown of thorns on his head. And Jesus says, I I did all of that. I walked through all of that for the joy that was set before me. I knew what I was running toward. I knew that ultimately I was gonna win the race. Even when the enemy thought that he won, he was really losing. Come on, even even when I felt like I was done, Jesus was saving, right? And we see here that for the joy that was set before us, that we can run the race that God has called us to run. I think if the people on the sidelines were chanting anything, If people, if Abraham and Isaac and Jacob were on each side of those running, they would be saying, for the joy, for the joy, for the, come on church, I'm just playing, you don't have to do it with me. (laughs) But I think it's a a good call. Because there's some days when you wake up and you just got to remind yourself, there's more joy in being obedient to Christ than anything else that this world has to offer. That, That I am better with Jesus today than I am ever with this world. That, that Christ is enough for me. I'm convinced, church, Hope Church family, Walk Church family, I'm convinced. I put all my eggs in this basket. I double down on it and say that there is more joy in running the race that God has called you to run than doing anything else that this world has to offer. I am convinced of it. I submit it to you, and I challenge you in 2018, as you enter into this new year, to run forward, to run free, leave those weights behind you, and to run focused, and to see what God would do. Some of us need to lose some weight in 2018, amen? I ain't talking about physical weight, I'm talking about spiritual weight, all right? Don't get offended unless God tells it to you, all right? But if we do that, and the church says, you know what, we're going to run it serious, we're going to go for it this year. I think that we'll be able to see God do some miraculous things in our, our sight. And I'm believing God to do just that. Let's pray.